Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome on in, Eagles fans, to another episode of the No Huddle Show. Joe Giglio with you this week. Elliot and Matt, we're doing a great job at all the daily podcasts and the debate from Eagles camp. I'm with you this week. Last time I talked to you, I had Merrill Reese on, the voice of the Eagles. And we were previewing the season, and the one thing that we thought um, about this team that was going to be one of their strengths was how deep they were going to be at wide receiver. We were worried about the corners. Well, since the last time I talked to you, things have changed. The Eagles made a trade, as everyone knows by now. Jordan Matthews is gone. Uh, a third-round pick is gone. Ronald Darby, cornerback from the Buffalo Bills, has arrived. Uh, I am not as on board with it as everybody else. I think it could be a good deal, but I do have I do have some reservations about trading away a good player in Matthews, and we'll see what Ronald Darby can become. Certainly going to be the Eagles' number one corner this year. I thought for this episode to bring some perspective on Ronald Darby uh, and maybe some outside thoughts as well on Jordan Matthews and what kind of player just left the Eagles. Uh, a guy who covers the Buffalo Bills for Syracuse.com and New York Upstate, Matthew Fairburn, joining us right now on the No Huddle Show. Hey, doing, Matthew? I'm doing well. How are you? Good. What was your reaction? Uh, Eagles fans were, I think, excited. I think for the most part, Philadelphia Eagles fans were really happy with this trade when it went down, mostly because they got a corner and they thought Matthews wasn't needed as much on this team. What was your first gut reaction uh, a little less than a week ago now? When you heard about this deal, yeah, I think the the first reaction was shock. You know, because this wasn't an isolated move for the Bills. They didn't just trade Ronald Darby for Jordan Matthews. They had also traded Sammy Watkins to the Los Angeles Rams, and you know, those were two moves that really changed the foundation of this franchise and and altered the course of you know the next few seasons for them. So it was definitely a bit of a shock, but it helped make sense of the Sammy Watkins trade, you know, when they went out and got Jordan Matthews and, and traded away Ronald Darby. I would say, you know, I liked this move for the Bills a lot, you know, better than I liked the Sammy Watkins trade for the Bills. I think both were fine moves, uh, but I was I particularly liked the move to, to get Jordan Matthews to help ease the loss of Watkins. And, you know, getting rid of Ronald Darby to some was tough to swallow, but after the way he took a bit of a step back last season, I, I think, you know, there was reason to believe he was expendable uh, in the secondary long-term, especially after they spent a first-round pick on Tredavious White. So uh, I think, you know, they came out slight winners in this deal, but, you know, as a total package, they were two very risky moves that, uh, you know, Brandon Bean deserves credit for at least sticking his neck out there and, uh, you know, giving, giving the Bills – some, something to look forward to down the line. But in the short term, uh, they definitely took a hit on their roster talent-wise. 
It's funny the way you described the new Bills GM and just the way this trade was and maybe an expendable player. I feel like Howie Roseman and Bean probably were on the same wavelength and they just had to find common ground here because felt like Matthews was expendable to the Eagles long term. Darby, the same thing. I want to ask you about Darby. Let, let's get into him because I think Eagles fans are wondering what they have by the time a lot of people listen to this, maybe over the next day or two. We're going to get a chance to see him on the field, ironically, against the Bills um, in the next preseason game. How good of a player is this? You've covered him now for a couple of years. You said he took a step back last year. What are the Eagles getting in Ronald Darby? You know, at his best, Ronald Darby has the ability to be a really strong, you know, man-to-man cornerback, uh, you know, who can tackle really well and who can really line up against number one wide receivers. He showed that, uh, you know, as even as a rookie, he, you know, the game wasn't too big for him. He's got a ton of speed. He's really physical. I was surprised at, at how well he tackled. Uh, but last year, it seemed like, you know, he was a little bit in over his head. It was weird to see him take a step back. I can't really explain why it happened. I don't know if he, you know, wasn't preparing as well as he was before or, you know, what exactly it was. Maybe teams were, you know, seeing some things on film and targeting him a bit more often. They also had some, some injuries they were dealing with in the secondary. So there were some communication issues throughout the season, but Darby wasn't quite the same player. That said, you know, in Jim Schwartz's defense, playing man-to-man coverage, he has all the tools that, that you need in a cornerback in that defense, you know, to play on the boundary. So I think there's a chance he'll bounce back and, and become a pretty decent player for the Eagles. I never saw him as, you know, a guy that will develop into a, you know, lockdown cornerback that you mentioned, you know, with the Richard Shermans and Patrick Petersons of the world. But I do think, you know, he has the ability to be a solid starter out on the boundary and at the very least a, a reliable number two guy. So we know the Bills made a change, a big change. Obviously, Sean McDermott's the head coach now, no more Rex Ryan. Um, he's a good player, the way you're describing him. You know, we'll see how good he could become over the course of his career. But you mentioned expendable. Tredavious White, they took in the first round. Do you think it says something about Darby that they were willing to trade him away? Still a young player, still a couple years left. New coach, a defensive coach. Is it a knock on him that Sean McDermott didn't think he was necessary to this defense or the GM uh, Bean didn't think he was necessary? Or is this just business here and he wasn't going to fit in long term? Yeah, you know, it, it could definitely say something about him. I mean, Peter King reported that, you know, he didn't exactly fit in with the new culture, uh, you know, that Sean McDermott was trying to build. I don't know, you know, if that's entirely true. There's probably some level of truth to it. But at the same time, I think this also boils down to a business move for the Bills. They needed to replace Watkins uh, because they do still want to compete in 2017, or at least that's what they're saying. But they also wanted to continue to build for the future, and, and this gave them, gave them a chance to do a little bit of both. They picked up the third-round pick, and they got a wide receiver who they think can you know, be at least you know, 80% of Watkins, if not you know, completely replace him. So I think it was mostly business. Darby was you know, a valuable asset. If you want to get a valuable asset in return, you have to give up somebody that has some worth. And I think Darby had a lot of worth to the Eagles, you mentioned, you know, they had some issues at cornerback, so they were looking to address that position. So it made sense from, a, you know, a lot of different ways uh, for both teams. But, you know, in terms of it saying something about Darby, I'm not entirely sure. I can say I think he'll fit in there with some familiar faces uh, on that defense in Philadelphia, a lot of former Bills there. So I think he'll fit in, and I, I think he'll stay in line. I, 
I don't think he was ever much of a problem in Buffalo. Yeah, that's it. You mentioned the familiar face. There's a lot. I, I mean, I'm assuming you're heading down to Philadelphia um, for the game Thursday. We do this podcast on a Wednesday, day before the Eagles-Bills game. Uh, Corey Graham just came over uh, about a week ago. Uh, Nigel Bradham there. It is an in- interesting way things have broken here. Obviously, Jim Schwartz is the, the main um, cog that's bringing some of these guys here. But Darby didn't play for Schwartz. He's, I think, the first one of this group of Bills that have come over recently that doesn't have a tie to Jim Schwartz, but probably fits in his defense. It's kind of unique what we're seeing here, Matthew, with all these former Bills uh, now playing for the Eagles. Yeah, it's kind of crazy. Uh, and, you know, this is just the latest example. You mentioned all those guys uh, sort of just followed, you know, Jim Schwartz when he got the job. It was uh, kind of cool to see, especially considering, you know, the level of success they had back in 2014 when Jim Schwartz was the defensive coordinator here, but, you know, he doesn't have the most talented pieces from that 2014 defense, but he does have a few of the guys that helped make it work. I thought Nigel Bradham was particularly good in that defense and, uh, you know, really enjoyed playing in it. And I think a lot of the guys liked playing in that defense as opposed to the one that came after it with Rex Ryan. So I think, you know, a guy like Corey Graham being there helps out Ronald Darby a lot, you know, a familiar face in the secondary, a guy who is experienced and uh, can show him the ropes a little bit, can, can show him what it's like, you know, to, to step into a new locker room and, and sort of acclimate yourself. It's it's nice to have a guy that you know around. It's not easy to switch teams in the middle of training camp, in the middle of the preseason, but, you know, to have a few of those guys around, I think, can't hurt Darby at all. Before we get into Matthews, and I want your perspective, and I'll give you mine uh, at the player that's going back to, to Buffalo in this deal. What was your thought? You said earlier you were shocked and surprised when the deal went down uh, and the two deals went down for Buffalo. The thing that stood out to me was both the Bills and the Eagles. I know the Eagles did because I watched the game. I think I heard the Bills did as well. Used the players traded in their first preseason game pretty regularly early in the game. I know the first couple passes for the Eagles, it was thrown to Jordan Matthews. I think Sammy Watkins... I had a very similar situation there. Do you think the coaching staff in Buffalo was aware that something big might go down? I don't believe the coach in Philadelphia really knew what was going on. I think this was all above him and upstairs. Uh, Do you think Sean McDermott knew that Darby might be gone, and more specifically Watkins, before everything happened on last Friday? According to Brandon Bean, Sean McDermott did not know that they had a deal in place before the game. He waited until after the game to tell him, you know, that Sammy Watkins, there was a deal that, you know, they had tentatively agreed to with Sammy Watkins. He obviously wanted to get McDermott's approval and, and take the night to sleep on it before they pulled the trigger. But he said he waited until after the game so that McDermott wouldn't be distracted by it. But it is a funny little coincidence that Sammy Watkins was targeted on the first three plays uh, that the Bills offense ran and he caught all three passes, looked really good, looked healthy. Uh, you, you wonder if maybe they were saying, you know, giving L.A. one last look at Watkins just to show them that he was healthy before, you know, pulling the trigger on the deal. But I don't think McDermott necessarily knew. I assume he was clued into the possibility. Uh, I, you know, doubt that Thursday night after the game was the first time Brandon Bean ever mentioned the idea of trading Watkins or Darby. So he probably knew in the back of his head, but I don't necessarily think it factored into the game plan too much, especially considering, uh, you know, Tyrod Taylor was not clued in on what was going on, and it didn't seem like Watkins was either. Matthew Fairburn uh, joining us here on uh, 
the Eagles podcast we do for NJ.com here. And I'm, Matthew, I'm interested in your perspective on on Jordan Matthews, the guy coming back to Buffalo, and really what fans think him up there that you've heard so far. Because I have watched every game he's played for three years in the NFL. I think he's a good player, could be very good at times. I think he's reliable, even though you might hear he drops some passes, and he has had some drops. But I think he's one of only 14 receivers in the league since he came in the league three years ago to play at least 45 games and catch at least 225 passes. He, he basically suits up every week, and he will get open, and he will move the chains. I think he's a good player. I think the Eagles are underestimating how much he meant to them, and I think they might miss him. What's your perception of the player, and what do Buffalo Bills fans think right now? Well, Buffalo Bills fans are a little little disappointed right now because 15 minutes into his first practice, he suffered a chip fracture in his sternum, and he's going to miss a few weeks. But it sounds like he's going to be ready for week one, and I think he's a guy, you know, like you mentioned, a guy that can be a reliable player for them and, and still produce, give them production at that position. I mean, each and every year in the league, you know, since he and Sammy Watkins entered the league, Jordan Matthews has had more catches than Watkins has. And that doesn't necessarily mean Matthews is a better player. I think Watkins is, is the more talented receiver, but he's also, you know, a guy that's often hurt. And, you know, he missed eight games last year. He's missed 13 since he entered the league. So the fact that Matthews can stay on the field, uh, you know, at least, you know, traditionally he's been able to stay on the field. He's not on the field right now. But I think, he, you know, the only question I have about it is they now have their top three receivers are all really good out of the slot. So two of those guys have to play on the outside. Uh, my guess is that it will be, you know, Zay Jones and maybe Matthews playing on the outside when when the dust settles and Matthews is healthy. But I think they'll all, you know, kind of move around a little bit. It'll be interesting to see how they use them. I think Matthews is, is a really solid player. I don't know what they think of him long-term, whether they'll want to bring him back, you know, when his contract runs up after the year or how they view all of that. But, it seems like they're getting a guy who's going to be great for the locker room. He's going to be dependable, as you mentioned, and he's a guy who can actually stretch the field, make big plays. He's a big body, something that they don't have in their other two receivers. So I think he's a guy that Tyron Taylor is going to like having. Um, and I, I get the sense that you know he'll give them some production that maybe they missed a little bit uh, when Watkins was out. So they now have a very different-looking wide receiver room, and they have to figure things out in a hurry because – Week one is coming up faster than they know it, and Matthews is already hurt. So they have a lot to figure out the next few weeks. Yeah, they do. I mean, assuming Matthews is, is healthy and gets himself healthy and gets in the field, I think Bills fans are going to like him. He's, he's reliable. He's good. He moves the chains. I, I agree with you on the quarterback thing. I think Tyra Taylor is going to like him. Carson Wentz loved him, both on the field and off. They were very close. Um, Carson, in fact, drove him to the airport uh, to say goodbye. I mean, it, it was it was a move that wasn't – totally well received in the Eagles locker room, even though I think they understood what they got back might make it worth it. Now you mentioned long-term with Matthews and we don't know what the bills are going to resign him or not, but the third round pick I found interesting in this deal too, because when I first saw it, I said, okay, Darby Matthews, and I can see why the deal would work for both sides, but the bills are also getting a third round pick back. What do you think mattered more to the bills uh, in this deal? The third round pick they got back considering what they're trying to do with all the picks they have in next year's draft or Matthews? That's an interesting question. I, I think the draft pick was important to, to finalize the deal, but I don't know that the deal happens without Matthews because they didn't want to send a message to the locker room that they were completely throwing in the towel on the 2017 season. And Brandon Bean even said he's not entirely sure 
whether either one of these two trades would have happened if both weren't, you know, agreed upon. And so I think it was very important to them to get a player like Jordan Matthews back. He's, you know, you mentioned, you know, how well liked he was in the Eagles locker room. I think that's very important to Sean McDermott and Brandon Bean as they try to establish a culture um, that, you know, they hope will be different than the last, you know, decade and a half here in Buffalo. So, you know, they wanted a guy like that to come back. They didn't want it to just be draft picks for Darby. So, you know, both pieces were important. Obviously, both of these moves were with an eye toward the future. I don't think anybody is thinking that the Bills got better, uh, you know, for 2017 by making these moves. But, you know, they wanted to compete in 2017, but also continue to stockpile draft picks, which they've done. They now have six picks in the first three rounds of the 2018 draft. So they have a lot of ammo to work with and a lot of flexibility heading into next offseason, depending on what they decide to do. But, but Matthews was a very, very critical part of this. And once he gets back on the field, I think he's a guy that they're going to lean on a lot. Matthew, we'll wrap up with a couple of uh, questions off of people that used to be, you know, former Eagles, guys that were part of this franchise uh, with Philadelphia for a long time in different capacities. LaShawn McCoy, what's, uh, what's been your experience covering him and, and the player he's been? I, I look at, you know, from afar what he's done. He seems to me like the LaShawn McCoy that left Philadelphia. He still produces, had a big year last year. Um, I wonder how he thinks of, of the rebuild that's going on because although he continues to defy you know, declined, even though he's getting up there in carries and years, I imagine he can't be thrilled if this team doesn't play well this year, because I don't know how many more years left at a very high level that Sean McCoy has. What's it been like covering him and, and what, what do you think he still has in him? Yeah, it's interesting. Uh, you know, I think LaShawn McCoy is still one of the most talented backs in football. He showed that last year. He, he had just a great year for a team that, you know, struggled to move the ball a lot of the time. He was you know, their, their workhorse. And he put up uh, great numbers and was really reliable for them after fighting through some injuries the year before. So it was, it's funny because, you know, heading into this off season, this spring, it seemed like LaShawn McCoy was happier than he's ever been in Buffalo. You know, he obviously wasn't happy to get traded to, to the bills initially. Chip Kelly didn't, you know, clue him in on it. And, you know, he spent his whole life in Pennsylvania. He gets up to Buffalo he wasn't exactly a joy to work with at that point, uh, you know, and I think he would even admit that. I don't think he was extremely happy to be there. The first year was a bit of a grind for him because of a few injuries. Last year, you know, he seemed a bit more comfortable, but once Sean McDermott got to Philadelphia, a guy that he was familiar with, he just seemed really happy in Buffalo this spring, but he didn't seem overly thrilled by these trades. I think a lot of guys, in the Bills locker room were a little bit caught off guard, uh, you know, that one of the most talented players on their roster and Sammy Watkins was sent out of town. You know, LaShawn McCoy made no mistake about it. He said, you know, when you grade Watkins versus Matthews, it's pretty obvious who's better. And he said he could relate to Watkins, you know, getting, getting traded for someone who isn't as good as him, which is referring to EJ Gaines, the corner uh, that got sent over from LA. So, he was pretty sour on the moves. And, uh, you know, like you mentioned, he doesn't have a ton of years left. He thinks he can play at this level or, you know, play in the league until he's 33 years old. He, you know, he's chasing 12,000 yards. He's chasing the Hall of Fame, which I think is within reach for him. But in terms of years where he's at the height of his game, we are probably looking at a couple more at most. 
and everything else the Bills did this offseason suggested that they were going to try to get to the playoffs. You know, they brought back Tyrod Taylor. They brought back Kyle Williams. They brought back Lorenzo Alexander. But these moves sort of ran counter to that. And I think LaShawn McCoy's been around long enough that, that he saw and saw through that and, and understands, you know, what's going on around him. So I don't think that he's thrilled, but I don't expect that to impact his performance in any way because he has personal goals that he's chasing in addition to the team goals. So I still think he's going to have a big year. I, I think he still has a couple more big years in him. He doesn't take a ton of direct, huge contact because of the way he plays the position. So I'm expecting pretty big things from, from McCoy this year. Yeah, I've stopped counting out LaShawn because, and I often say it here, I say he's on the path to the Hall of Fame, and it's ironic because all the the Bills that have come and played here, the one big-time Eagle that got to Buffalo, uh, the Eagles still haven't replaced LaShawn McCoy. They've still got a back-by committee, which might work for them, but they have not replaced the player they traded away a couple years ago. Matthew, we'll wrap with this. Sean McDermott. Uh, the now the head coach of the Buffalo Bills gets his chance after all those years in Carolina. He had the one year as a defensive coordinator with the Eagles. I thought he got a raw deal. I thought Andy Reid at that point of his tenure was pressured into making a move, even though a young defensive coordinator did a pretty good job with a very undermanned unit at that point in Philadelphia. He's obviously earned his stripes. What's your What's been your impression uh, of McDermott so far, his first training camp and now into his first preseason? Yeah, I think he has the makeup to be a pretty solid head coach. Um, it's obviously hard to tell until a guy coaches, you know, regular season games and you start to see the results unfold. But, you know, I, I think he weathered the storm pretty nicely this offseason. He came into a situation uh, that wasn't the best. You know, the Bills haven't made the playoffs in 17 years. They had a GM throughout the spring who was kind of a lame duck uh, and eventually got fired after the draft. So. McDermott did a good job kind of coming in here and, and making one Bills drive his own. You know, he's he's set up a lot of, you know, he's changed a lot of things there physically, uh, you know, in terms of how the place is decorated. He's changed how they practice. He's he's changed a lot. He's, he's making it his own and he's doing things his way, which is what you have to do as a head coach. It's funny that you, you bring up, you know, when he got fired by the Eagles because he talked to us about that before they broke for the summer about how, you know, Andy Reid told him it was going to, it was going to help him and it was going to, you know, sort of be for his own good type of thing. And it ended up being true because, you know, he was able to work with Ron Rivera for a while and, and sort of get out of Andy Reid's shadow a little bit. You know, he grew up in the Philadelphia area and, you know, grew up an Eagles fan and got to work for Andy Reid, you know, and, sort of worked his way up really fast and maybe needed to go somewhere else to, to reach that next level of, of his development as a coach. So I think, you know, he's still tremendously close with Andy Reid, still considers him one of his mentors. And, you know, obviously his time in Philadelphia had a huge impact on what he does, uh, you know, in Buffalo. He, he has adopted a lot of what Andy Reid did in Philadelphia, obviously mixing in some of what he learned in Carolina. But, I think all of that sets him up, you know, to be, you know, a pretty good head coach. We'll see what happens. Obviously, you need the roster to do it, and they're working on trying to clean some things up with this roster. But in terms of, of his approach and, you know, his, his pulse on the locker room, I think he's off to a pretty good start.
Yeah, and I know a lot of Eagles fans, Matthew, will be watching because there are a lot of people that were puzzled and upset that McDermott didn't at least get an interview with the Eagles last year, a couple years ago now, when Doug Peterson got the job. They didn't bother to interview Sean McDermott, and a lot of people want him to come back, but obviously wishing him the best now. Matthew, really appreciate you giving us a few minutes on the podcast this week. Um, enjoy the trip to Philadelphia, and, uh, and we'll be reading you at Syracuse.com and Upstate New York. Absolutely. Thanks so much for having me. You got to appreciate it. Thanks again to Matthew for joining us there and giving us some insights on the trade, on Darby, on uh, Sean McDermott, McCoy. I agree with him that you know McCoy's really on the path to the Hall of Fame for his a couple more years. So it's weird. These the Eagles and Bills are connected now uh, for a lot of players and coaches, and and obviously this trade will we'll be talking about this for a while. And I know um, Matt and Elliot did a podcast recently where they talked about the trade and broke it down and debated each side of it. I, I'm on the side of this wasn't a, as big of a slam dunk as many are making it out to be. I like Jordan Matthews a lot. I think he's a good player. I don't think he's irreplaceable. My fear with this trade is more about what the Eagles have at wide receiver. It maybe isn't quite what it looks like or looked like in the first preseason game. Uh, you look last couple of years, Alshon Jeffrey has not been reliable. He, he doesn't play. He gets hurt or he's suspended. Uh, Torrey Smith, I think a lot of us are assuming he's going to bounce back. I love Torrey Smith when he was in Baltimore. He was a big play threat. I think he'll be better with a good quarterback in Carson Wentz. But he was bad in San Francisco. And we're all just pretending that he wasn't. And he's going to be fine. And then you go to a guy like Nelson Aguilar, who was one of the worst starting wide receivers or you know wide receivers that played last season in the NFL. Had a good camp. He has had impressed everyone. I went out there to a couple practices. I saw Elliot. I saw Matt. Watched the guy, and he was making plays, and he looks good. But until he does it in a game that matters, it, we have to be skeptical that he can do it and he could put it all together. And then Matt Collins, the rookie wide receiver out of North Carolina, had the big catch against and the run and the touchdown against the Packers. But again, he has a long way to go, and he had an injury history at North Carolina. So when I look at the deal. I think that they gave up a reliable wide receiver. Was he great? No. Did he drop the ball? Sometimes, yes. But he played him 45 games the last three years, caught 225 passes. That's not easy to just replace if everything goes right with the Eagles wide receiving core. Jeffrey is an all-pro type, or at least a Pro Bowl type. Torrey Smith is what he was in Baltimore. Aguilar's ready to play like the first-round pick he was. And Matt Collins makes a play every once in a while and can contribute, then they will get by and they won't need Jordan Matthews, who probably wasn't going to be here anyway long term. But I just I have this fear that we're going to be watching the Eagles in week six and you have Alshon Jeffrey banged up and not playing uh, after a preseason and a training camp where he barely got on the field with the rest of the team. You have Torrey Smith not getting open and you're relying on Nelson Aguilar and Matt Collins. And I think at that point, the Eagles would miss Jordan Matthews. You throw in the fact that he was loved in that locker room from Ertz to Burton to Carson Wentz. I think some are discounting the chemistry uh, that was subtracted from the Eagles locker room in this. And the, none of my reservations about this are about Darby, the player. I think he's probably going to be exactly what Matthew uh, Fairburn described. A good player may not have shut down one, but he'll make a difference on the Eagles defense. And if he plays up to the standards of his rookie year, they're going to be a top 10 defense. They were 13th last year. They could make a, a leap with the better pass rush and with at least one better corner. So I get that part of it. I would like this deal so much more if it was Matthews for Darby, just one for one, because then it would be my surplus for your surplus type of thing and my extra guy for your extra guy. But the Eagles also give up a three. And 
I just feel like the Eagles are trying to bridge that rebuild, build through the draft, but win now thing and do both at the same time. It's hard. And next year they don't have a two or a three. So it's going to be a lot of pressure on whoever they take in the first round. And it's going to be a lot of pressure on hitting fourth round picks, which the success rate there is, it's just, it's not easy. So this trade could work. If Ronald Darby's really good and their wide receivers that they still have are, you know, all live up to their potential, live up to what the Eagles think they're going to be, then it's fine. And the trade probably will work out and the Eagles will be in this thing all year because of what they did. But if they have injuries at wide receiver or the play of these guys they have isn't great and it's more like it was last year, well, things are going to work out as well. And there'll be a lot of pressure on Darby to be a tremendous player. Everyone, thank you guys for listening uh, to this week's podcast. We will be back soon. I'm sure Elliot and uh, Matt will be bringing you a ton of stuff after the game against the Buffalo Bills. And then, of course, to come here with uh, the third preseason game, the fourth one. We're not that far away. Cut down day and the start of the regular season, September 10th against the Redskins. We'll be here very soon. Thank you all for listening to the No Huddle Show right here on NJ.com.